America, and welcome to the Dean's List. I'm Dean Bowen. You are listening to America Out Loud Talk Radio. We are happy to have you on board. We are happy to have a like-minded audience of people that love this country and that uh, love the, the the things that this country stands for. We love our children. We love our families. We love freedom. Uh, we we love and cherish these things that we value, and, and we're going to talk about it. We're going to continue to shine the light of truth on education and and hopefully shine some hope, hopefully offer a way out. Yesterday, we, we really spent a lot of time dissecting this lawsuit that uh, a detransitioner is bringing against the American Academy of Pediatrics. And, you know, she names other, other doctors in this lawsuit. And then today I go to my mailbox and what is waiting on, uh, on me to, to open it up and read it. Uh, but is, you know, none other than, uh, Imprimus. Imprimus is the, the monthly Hillsdale, uh, I don't know that you'd call it a, a newsletter. It's it's a publication, you know, a journal maybe. I think they issue it 10 months out of the year. So I don't know that it's, it would be considered monthly if it only comes 10 months. But uh, it is a wonderful publication. You can get it for free. Just go to Hillsdale and, uh, and sign up for it. They will send it to your house, to your place of work, uh, wherever you want it sent. They will send it to you free of charge, and it is always chock full of goodness. And this month is no different. Uh, the, the title is Inside the Transgender Empire, and I thought it was appropriate um, you know, because of that, that lawsuit that we, we we dissected yesterday where this doctor, Rafferty, um, you know, he gets this patient in the hospital this 14-year-old little girl who's depressed, suffering from anxiety, and after an initial interview, he says, yep, she is a candidate for, uh, you, you know, whatever, this medical gender transition treatment we can give. Let's start giving her testosterone, and let's start turning her into a boy. And the more I think about it, you know, the more I realize just how heinous it, it is. This, you know, and the lawsuit, uh, you know, goes into detail in, in terms of things that the little girl had gone through, um, mainly sexual abuse. And, you know, and this Dr. Rafferty doesn't deal with the sexual abuse. He doesn't deal with the trauma that she's gone through. He doesn't get to the root cause of her depression and her anxiety. No, no, he doesn't do that. Instead, he wants to give her testosterone treatments but he you know as you dive into the to the lawsuit he is one of the authors of this policy statement put out by the American Academy of Pediatrics that they're going to be aggressive with their gender transitioning this medical organization has made the conscious choice to be aggressive in 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 transitioning uh, young women to become men and vice versa. And it's heinous. It's, it's, it's horrific. And, you know, then the, the, the lawsuit lists 
uh, you know, some of her her physical issues now that she has because of these testosterone treatments. And it's horrible. Uh, you know, loss of bone mass because of this. The, the, firstly, they're supposed to do no harm. But that's the first thing they're doing is harm. They're they're not they're not treating the issues. They're they're going straight to harm. Uh, and their and their effort to turn, at least in this case, this this young woman into a man. It's almost as if they're they've got these biological experiments happening. It's almost like we are in the process of you know the Frankenstein novel because they 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 want to go through these medical experiments they don't know how these these things are going to turn out this is all experimental and you know they see this 14 year old come in and they say oh man she's a great candidate and it, and in the article it that I that I went through yesterday, it, it even says their their one obstacle that they all acknowledged was parental consent. Somehow they've got to get around this whole notion of parental consent because they can't go through their experiments if a, a parent uh, does not consent. And this is you know kind of how they got around it in Colorado, where they made this law that said you know if you're 12 years old or up, 12 years or older you are in charge of your mental health and you make the decisions. Yeah, yeah, you're in charge. And so we don't need parental consent anymore. Because if you're 12, you know, you know what's going on. I mean, you're smart enough to make these calls on your own. So this, I guess this is what, what really caught my attention when I opened up in Primus and the title of the, um, the title is Inside the Transgender Empire. That's the title of the essay. And I'm I'm thinking, hmm, okay. Uh, and it's by Christopher Rufo. We, we like Rufo. Uh, we have uh, dissected a lot of his material here on the show. Uh, he is well thought out. He's well researched. He is not just, you know, somebody who states his opinion without sources or without diving into it. Um. He has two questions here. Uh, in the onset of the article, he says, uh, you know, he's talking about the sudden pervasive rise of, of transgenderism. Um, and he asks two questions. And I, you know what? I shouldn't even use that word, right? Because I, I don't use their words. Let me rephrase this. He's talking about the sudden pervasive rise of, of men wanting to be women and dressing up like women and vice versa with the ladies. There we go. Let's call it what it is. So we're not going to throw in any, any confusing terms. He has two questions. The first one is where did it come from? Where did all this, where did it come from? This whole notion of, of, of men wanting to dress up like women or wanting to be women. And at, the same for the other side, you know, women dressing up like men and wanting to be men. Uh, where did it come from? That's the first question he asks. And the second question is, how has it proven to be so successful? 
how is it how does it seem to be happening so much and i go back to the conversation you know that cindy had with someone a couple of weeks ago and and they said has it always been this way this is what they're asking cindy has it always been this way have, and and have kids always wanted to be the other gender and and maybe they just weren't talking about it and of course the answer to that question you know is no um the, the answer is no it's not always been this way it, it's um well we were listening to the interview uh Patrick Bet David uh, was having with Graham Stephan the other day and 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 Patrick starts going through the stats and you know boomers the I think it was two percent of boomers are gay and the traditional generation like 0.8 um it's under one percent but then when it gets down to Gen Z the percentage of of people who are gay is over 20 percent it's like 21 percent well it, you know so no the, the answer is no it hasn't always been this way and, and people just weren't talking about it the correct answer is it's it's part of the indoctrination now it's it's being taught now at a very young age kids are learning oh well maybe i'm not this gender and it's happening in our public schools and it's happened right under our noses we weren't aware of it i don't think we were aware of it on such the grand scale that it's that that it's actually happening because we're a trusting lot we send our kids off to school and we trust that the people in charge of education are going to do right by our kids that they're going to teach them and they're going to develop them to be a certain type of person well we were right about that they're developing them to be a certain type of person and it's not the type of person that we want them to be i can promise you that it's not it's not um and it's happening in very innocent ways you know the gender unicorn is so innocent let's let's bring in this unicorn this creature that doesn't exist so we can teach kids a theory that doesn't exist uh there you know and i talk about the the richness of that irony if you enjoy irony there it is i mean right before your very eyes um and and so we this has been happening in our school systems for such a long period of time you know, so his two questions here, Rufo's two questions are, where did it come from and how has it proven to be successful? Um, well, I think I think we know the answer to the second question. It's proven to be successful because they've captured the hearts and minds of our children while we weren't paying attention. And, and maybe it's not even that we weren't paying attention. It's why we were being so trusting. You know, Reagan says trust but verify. We didn't we didn't really follow through with the second part of his quote, with the second part of his advice. We just trusted. There was no verification going on. Well, I think that's beginning to change. I think we're we're beginning to demand for some verification. All right. We're willing to trust you, but you have to verify that you are worthy of our trust. So that is happening. But the first part of his question is interesting. Where did it come from? I like to know the history of things. It's just part of my makeup, I guess. I just, I like stories. I like to hear about history. And so this 
this article, as he dives into it, it's captivating. I mean, for me anyway. Um, and he starts out, He it goes to the 80s. There was uh, the 80s, it just seemed like this push, this, this homosexual push just kind of exploded, I feel like, in the 80s. I was a kid, and it just seemed like it was happening a lot. And AIDS and HIV was, you know, that was the, the big fright, the big scare. He says in the late 80s, a group of academics, and he calls them by name, Judith Butler, Gail Rubin, Sandy Stone, Susan Stryker. These names might not mean anything to you. They didn't mean anything to me. Uh, but they established what he refers to as the disciplines of queer theory and transgender studies. These academics believe gender to be a social construct used to oppress racial and sexual minorities. So, you know, really all that gender is, it's just a creation of, of you know, something the white man came up with, ultimately. It's a social construct. And, you know, in the, in the minds of these people, society has developed um, these things that are detrimental to itself, but it's been developed by white men and white men hate people. You know, white men want to see all people destroyed. So white men will, you know, create things in society that will then, you know, destroy particular people within that society. I mean, that's their, that's their philosophy here. Uh, it's a social construct used to oppress racial and sexual minorities. So those are the people that, that the white men hate. They hate, uh, you know, racial and sexual minorities. And they denounced the traditional categories of man and woman as a false binary that was conceived to support the system of heteronormativity, i.e. the white male, oh, there it is. Yeah, i.e. the white male heterosexual power structure. Um, so white men created categories of men and women and it's a false binary system, really, because there isn't just two. You know, there just isn't male and female. Uh-uh, there's hundreds, I, which I don't I don't understand. How, how can there be hundreds? Because biologically speaking, biology is not a social construct. You know, biology, I didn't create biology. You didn't create biology. Uh, God created biology. It's it's his construct. It's a divine construct. And in his biological creation, guess what? I mean, there's only two, two groups. You either have a double X or you have an XY. And that's it. Those are your options. That's what biology says. Uh, white men didn't say this. In this or... I mean, I guess we say it, but we're repeating it. We didn't create it. It's not a construct of our of our own design and our own making. And so when they say this sort of thing, you know, when they put this out there in their theory that um, gender is a, a social construct, it's a traditional category of man and woman, and it's a false binary that was conceived by white men. Uh, because they want this power structure. That just doesn't make sense. <laughs> How does it make me more powerful to have men and to have two categories, men and women? I, it, it doesn't. There, there's no power. I get no power from that. Uh, 
Yeah, I just I don't know. When when, when I think of the the foundational philosophy of this group, it, 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 there's no logic behind it, and that just makes me angry because it's it's gained so much traction without any logic. Uh, the system they argued had to be ruthlessly deconstructed. And the best way to achieve this, they further argued, was to promote what they called transgenderism. If men can become women and women can become men, they believed, then the natural structure of creation would be toppled. Oh, so it's not really that they, it's that they hate God. The natural structure of creation they want toppled. Which, of course, it's true that you know, God creates biology. He, you know, in the book of Genesis, it says he created them, male and female. Now, in Genesis, it doesn't describe that the, 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 the females get the two X's and then the males get the X and the Y. It doesn't go into the biological description. We kind of discovered that later on. But it's very clear. In the beginning, he created them, male and female. And they attempted to remove creation years ago, you know, when when Darwin came up with this amazing theory of evolution, but that didn't take. And so now we got to get, get rid of creation by saying, you know, this binary system of two is wrong and it was just created by, by white men so they can have power. We see this, we definitely see where this is going, don't we? We see it's an attack on God. It's a hatred against God. All right. We will pick it up on the other side of this break. You're listening to The Dean's List on America Out Loud Talk Radio. World-class care from doctors you can trust, all from the comfort of your home. That is One Wellness. Dr. Peter McCullough and his team at The Wellness Company launched the One Wellness membership to provide free monthly supplements and unlimited telemedicine access with doctors that share your values. The Wellness Company's chief medical board designed every supplement and medical protocol with your health in mind. From groundbreaking supplements like the Spike Support Formula to unique care like Freedom from Big Pharma. Join a healthcare system that puts your health and well-being above the interest of Big Pharma's bottom line. It's the way healthcare should be, with a company that shares your values. Go to outloudcare.com today and use code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first month of One Wellness. The Natural Colon Cleanse. It's the ultimate digestive tune-up with Oxy Powder. It's crafted to alleviate the discomfort of gas, bloating, and occasional constipation. There's a reason why Oxy Powder is our number one seller. It worked. Go to americaoutloud.shop and get 15% off using the code OUTLOUD. Global healing, giving you the power to take control of your health naturally. How can you improve your odds of staying healthy? The answer is stay healthy with Cofix RX. Who's got time for a cold, strep, a flu, HRV, RSV, or COVID anyhow? Cofix has some great news. Besides being featured as a top five product in the drugstore news, we completed the protocol that you've heard Dr. McCullough talk about. Cofix RX is already famous for a powerful virus-hostile nasal solution, and now we have a throat spray too. Crush those nasty germs before they become a problem. 
with known antiviral support ingredients like povidone iodine, xylitol, and vitamin D3, you can feel a little safer. For a limited time, when you add the new Cofix RX throat spray to your order, you'll receive 25% off the entire purchase. Just click the Cofix RX banner on the America Out Loud website or store. Be sure to use promo code OUTLOUD25 at checkout. Don't forget, OUTLOUD25 at checkout. Welcome back to the Dean's List. I'm Dean Bowen. You are listening to America Out Loud Talk Radio, and we are happy to have you on board. Thank you for listening. You can find us uh, in many ways. You can listen to us on the iHeartRadio app. Of course, you can go to americaoutloud.news and listen on their world-class media player or download the app, the America Out Loud app. Then you can catch us live. We are here Monday through Friday at the 2 p.m. Eastern time slot, and you can hear us live right there on the app. The app is great. I love the app. Of course, every show goes into podcast uh, the next day, normally within 24 hours. So you can find us on all the, the podcast networks and channels. And, you know, we're just grateful that that you're on board. Thank you for listening. Thank you for being a part of the America Out Loud family. We're talking about uh, the Imprimus article that that came in the mail, at least to, to my mailbox uh, the other day. And the, the title of this month is inside the transgender empire. The reason it caught my eye is because there's, you know, yesterday we really spent a lot of time diving into this lawsuit that, that names that calls out the American Academy of Pediatrics as a defendant, uh, you know, because they're some of their chief players over there have created this, this policy that they're going to be very aggressive with transgender treatment they're going to be aggressive with with giving kids puberty blockers and giving them testosterone and and making them feel like they need to become the other gender and to me it's and i kind of said in just the other day that that they're working for satan um but doesn't it feel that way to you i mean am i uh am i stepping into a into a different uh, area here that, you know, people are going to go, ah, Dean, you're a little weird. I mean, come on, really, Satan. Doesn't it just seem evil, though? Doesn't it just strike you as being evil that their agenda would be to push a transition on kids? And clearly, uh, according to Rufo, in this article I started in the last segment, that it's their desire to neutralize the structure of of creation. You know, who hates God more than anyone? Couldn't we say the devil hates God more than anyone? Um, it just it just feels uh, it just feels too evil to me uh, not to be cloaked in darkness, not to be shrouded. It's too evil to not be shrouded in this this darkness. I don't mean to get all spiritual on you and and, and mystical and and all of that. It just just strikes me as just being so dark that these people are working for Satan. 
the best way to achieve this, the best way to achieve their goal, Rufo says, the best way to to topple this um, tradition of a of a what they refer to as a false binary um, is to remove the natural structure of creation. If men can become women and women can become men then they will achieve their objective of removing the natural structure of creation. All right, so the four people he mentions here, Judith Butler, Gail Rubin, Sandy Stone, and Susan Stryker. He says Susan Stryker is a man, actually, who dresses as a woman. Um, well, that, that those are my words. His words are a male-to-female transgender professor. That doesn't mean anything to me. Um, no, Susan Stryker is a man who dresses like a woman and calls himself Susan. He's a professor currently at the University of Arizona. And um, he describes his work, listen to this, he describes his work as a, quote, secular sermon that unabashedly advocates embracing a disruptive and refigurative gender, queer, or transgender power as a spiritual resource for social and environmental transformation. Now, uh, there are certain words here that, in, in his statement, there are certain words here that have uh, religious overtones to them. Um, he, he describes his work as a secular sermon. Well, you know, what's a sermon? A sermon is something that, that happens in a church. It's it's a public speech that's given behind a pulpit for religious purposes, for religious edification. You know, that's the point of a sermon. And his work, in his words, is a secular sermon that he describes unabashedly advocates embracing a disruptive and refigurative gender queer or transgender power as quote, a spiritual resource for social and environmental transformation. Well, there's the second word, spiritual. It's got a very heavy religious overtone to it. Is this a religion? Is their whole, is, has transgenderism become a religion for these people? And if so, is it a branch off of Satanism, which of course is its own religion? And if they're working for Satan, it, wouldn't it make sense that it's a branch off of, Dean, are you calling them Satanists? Well, I mean, listen to their words. It's a secular sermon, and it's and it unabashedly advocates for, listen to this, embracing a disruptive and refigurative power, gender queer, transgender power, as a spiritual resource for social and environmental transformation. They want to, number one, disrupt and refigure society. And they want to transform it. And, and, and they're using this theory as a spiritual resource. What does this sound like to you? It sounds like a religion. I, and they go after it with religious veracity. Uh, I mean, you know, this doctor, Rafferty, uh, and, and these other doctors over at, you know, the Academy of Pediatrics that have 
put this policy statement together that they're going to be aggressive. They're going to they're going to go after this this theory aggressively and begin to transition kids as they come into into their hospitals to receive medical care. And you know, we're seeing this in the lawsuit that this little 14-year-old who comes in depressed, you know, filled with anxiety has been sexually abused. And and these doctors and their religious fervor do not treat her her issues. No. Instead, they say, well, she's a great candidate to be transitioned. Let's let's get this ball rolling. Come on. Where's my testosterone? Let's go. Let's start injecting her. Let's make it happen. And now here she is 20 years old, according to the lawsuit, and she has vaginal atrophy. She has you know lost bone mass. She's growing hair everywhere, can't control it. Uh, her life is, is, is ruined. These people have ruined her life because uh, they want to, quote, follow a secular sermon, which unabashedly embraces disruption and uh, refiguring society. They want to transform society, and, and they're using this as a spiritual resource. You can't tell me this hasn't become a religion. You, it, and and apparently it's the religion uh, inside public schools that's now replacing Christianity. Because we, we know, we, we've been through this. The founding fathers believed that education needed to include religion, morality, and knowledge. Those three things. And when they say religion, they meant Christianity. Ultimately, morality and knowledge and, and Christianity, according to the founding fathers, the three were intertwined. Well, this group comes along and they got to get rid of morality, uh, you know, because morality says, you know, there's, look, there's two genders and, um, you know, a, a man should should be with a woman and, and one man and one woman should really be together uh, in, 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 in a marital unit to create a family. Uh, it, you know that is that that tends to be our definition of sexual morality one man with one woman and they're together for life and you know no one's cheating on each other and um and 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 they create and raise a family well that's got to go you know it, as far as this this theory exists you 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 can't have that so morality's got to be gone and then if you know the religion that teaches that morality that religion has to go too so we can't have christianity and then once you get rid of religion and morality, you, you don't really have knowledge. Knowledge leaves. Uh, this, this whole policy statement put out by the, the Academy of Pediatrics, there's, there's no knowledge here. It's based on lies and falsehood. Uh, I'm sorry to tell you. I'm not really sorry to tell you. You know it's true. Back to the article. Um Stryker continues, quote, he contends that the transsexual body is a technological construction that represents a war against Western society. I am transsexual, he says, and therefore I am a monster, he writes. And this monster, he continues, is destined to channel its rage and revenge against the naturalized heterosexual order, against quote, traditional family values against the hegemonic oppression 
of nature itself. Against the laws of nature and nature's God. So, I mean, there's some things that I that, that I'm I'm gathering from this guy. Uh, he's upset. He's angry. Um, you know, he's he's in a war against Western society. He says. Uh, he says, "I'm a monster," and and I'm as a monster. I'm destined to channel my rage and revenge against the naturalized heterosexual order. So there's there's a natural order here of 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 heterosexuality of men being with women. It's a natural order. Uh, it's nature itself. Um, because guess what, kids? The only way to procreate is for a man and a woman to get together. That's it. Two women are are aren't you know creating a family. I, I'm sorry, two men, they're not creating a family. Uh, it's just it's just gonna work out that way. It, it requires heterosexualness. Can I say it that way? It requires a man and a woman to create a family. And this guy is mad at that naturalized heterosexual order. He's upset and he's going to take his rage and his revenge and he's going to come against it. Uh, he's going to come against, quote, traditional family values because he's upset because the only way he can have a family is if he's with a woman. And apparently he doesn't want to be with a woman, which to me is just weird. Um, it's unnatural. In his words, it's unnatural because he said the naturalized heterosexual order. So even in his words, it's unnatural that a man wants to be with a man. A woman wants to be with a woman. It just... Um, Oh, and he's he's raging and he's revenging against the hegemonic oppression of nature itself. Nature is oppressive. Hegemonic, uh, hegemonic means you know it, it means to have influence or, or dominance over others. So he this this uh, influencing oppression that that nature has over us this dominating oppression that nature has over us because nature requires in order for there to be a family, in order for there to be procreation, there has to be a man and a woman. The two X chromosomes need to unite with the XY chromosomes and it's nature's fault. Well, wait a second here. Wait a second. You know, hold the presses. I thought we evolved. Really? I thought that we have this thing solved and I, th I thought evolution happened. You know, why are we mad at God about this? Why is this God's fault? I mean, he has nothing to do with this, right? We came from a monkey. I mean, there was this, this random act, this random explosion, and then all of a sudden, boom, one thing leads to another, and here we are. I mean, that's what they've been telling us. I mean, that's what they've been, you know, teaching our kids since the, you know, early 1900s. That's what they've been trying to 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 put into the school systems and that just you know that mantra continues you know evolution you hear evolution 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 you know but but did it stick i don't think it's stuck because i don't think we believe it i don't think there's a single one of us that actually believe we came from a monkey and i mean i would start believing it if i actually saw you know a monkey evolve into a human i might start believing it 
or if I saw a monkey give birth to an actual human, uh, yeah, you know, but nothing is evolving into something else. And I, I've said this repeatedly, you know, the species does evolve. Yes, as, as humans, humanity evolves. It doesn't evolve into something else. The gorillas do not involve, uh, uh, evolve into a, into a different species. The fish aren't evolving. I have not seen a single amphibious creature climb out of the water and become something else. Uh-uh. No. So this isn't sticking. Well, you know, so they know it's true. They know it's true. They know that Jefferson was right. We were created. We do have a creator. And he did give us unalienable rights. And he and he listed some of them, their life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. And, and by golly, we have to go after this. As Marxist leftist progressives, we can't have this. We've got to we've got to take this out of the knees. This can't be. Uh-uh. This this cannot continue. And so the only way to to rise up against this now, because since evolution failed. Um, now I have to, to say I'm transsexual and therefore I'm a monster. And as a monster, my rage and revenge will rise up against three things, the naturalized heterosexual order, traditional family values, and the oppressive, dominating influence that nature has over us. And let's let's you know in their minds, let's just go after it. Let's just burn it down because it's all horrible. Well, it's a religion for them. There, this screams of religious overtones, and it is in direct opposition to. He said it himself: traditional family values, Western society. Uh, it's in direct opposition to the things that we love and care about. As Americans, it's in direct opposition to our founding. You see this, don't you? I mean, certainly we see this. Certainly, our eyes are now opening up to it. Okay, my rant will calm down for a moment, and we will pick this up on the other side of the break. You are listening to The Dean's List on America Out Loud Talk Radio. Changing the world one person at a time. Here we take on the challenges of our generation so that we can preserve future generations. We know that if America fails, the world will fail. It is incumbent upon us to carry the torch for liberty. America Out Loud Talk Radio. It's a fight for the soul of humanity. I'm so confused. I don't know what to do. I'm afraid of going to the hospital. My doctor tells me nutrition doesn't work. Trust is earned. We are the Energetic Health Institute, and we want to earn your trust. Natural medicine, holistic nutrition, detoxification, fasting, cellular healing, and so much more. Remember, the best way to be free is to be healthy. So stop being a patient and start being a student at energetichealthinstitute.org. Welcome back to the Dean's List. I'm Dean Bowen. You are listening to America Out Loud Talk Radio. 
The rise of the new media. America Out Loud is where smart people go to get their news and information. So congratulations on being one of the smart ones. Welcome aboard. Welcome to the Dean's List. I was not on the Dean's List really as a uh, as a kid, as a youngster. I didn't quite make it to the Dean's List, but I'm here now. So, you know, there's hope for you out there. There's always hope. Congratulations on uh, on on being on board. We are looking at this this in Primus article. And Primus came to my mailbox the other day, and it is entitled "Inside the Transgender Empire." And it's intriguing. It is a very intriguing read. Uh, it is several pages. It's an essay that is several pages long, and I'm only on paragraph three. So this is, there's no way we're finishing this. But it, it's just, um, it's it's too intriguing, though. I encourage you to look it up, get it, read it. If you are not a subscriber to Imprimus, you can be one. You can go to Hillsdale. Uh, go to their website and and right there on the banner somewhere you can see in Primus, you know, put yourself down. It's free. And also, uh, if you, you know, don't want it sent to you by mail, you can just go and read these on their website. They have all the, the Imprimi. Is that the, uh, the, the plural for Imprimus? The Imprimi. Uh, they have them all there. So you can go and, and find them and read them. Again, this one is called Inside the Transgender Empire. It's by Christopher F. Rufo. We like Rufo. Uh, we um, we like his take on things. It's uh, he is he's well thought out. He's well researched. Um, so I encourage you to go get it. He says that um, you know he's he's talking about these these four names. He says, uh, Butler, Rubin, Stone, and Stryker. These are the four people from the 80s that established what he calls the discipline of queer theory and transgender studies. And he's talking specifically in, in the paragraph we finished in the last segment, uh, Susan Stryker, who's actually a man, dresses up like a woman, but is a professor at the University of Arizona. And, you know, Stryker is, is making statements about you know their theory and and his thoughts and it's it's very religious he's using uh, highly religious overtones uh he's using words like sermon that his work is a secular sermon uh and he says his work is a spiritual resource and, and you know but as a transsexual he's a monster and he is uh raging and revenging against Three things, he says, the naturalized heterosexual order. He's raging and revenging against traditional family values. And he's raging and revenging against hegemonic oppression of nature itself. Well, this, again, this sounds very religious to me. What are traditional family values? Well, they're family values rooted in in and Christianity, Judeo-Christian beliefs, beliefs of morality, that those are traditional family values. Um, well, so yeah, he might be attacking the family, but he's really attacking Christianity. Uh, what's the naturalized heterosexual order? Well, it's it's one of the foundational tenets of, of Judeo-Christian values that God created 
men and women, male and female, created in his own image, created to be fruitful and multiply. Yeah, created to procreate, created to have kids. Uh, and the only way you can have kids is if, you know, a man and a woman get together. It's not happening any other way. It just, sorry, it's just not going to work out for you. If if you're looking to have kids some other way, not going to happen. Uh, the hegemonic oppression of nature itself, the influence, the, the oppressive influence of nature. Well, what does that mean? I mean, nature requires that in order, you know, for there to be a family, there's got to be, you know, a male and a female. It goes right back to the naturalized heterosexual order. This is not, this is an attack against God, is what this is. This is one religion being formed to counter the effects of another re religion, which in this case would be Christianity, or at least Judeo-Christian values, at least the biblical values that form the basis of Judaism and Christianity. Uh, Rufo continues. It is, and he, he says something here that I, uh, I get his point. I, I understand what he means, and I guess I'll elaborate. I don't know that I disagree, but I, I would like to expand on it. He says it is clear from this and from other transgender scholarship that the transgender movement is inherently political. Um. Okay, I mean, it, there's there's politics to it, absolutely, because, um, you know, because they've hijacked Marxism to, you know, to use this as a vehicle, but it's actually inherently religious. I would say more than political, it's inherently religious by being anti-religious. Does that make sense? I mean, uh, is Satanism a religion? I mean, you could say yes, but its sole purpose is to be anti-religious. Maybe I should be more specific, to be anti-Christian, to be anti-Christianity. That's its sole purpose. As a religion, it's anti-Christianity. I think the same is here for the transgender movement. When he says it's inherently political, I think it's more inherently anti-Christian, but it's using politics as a vehicle. And that's how I would that's how I would elaborate. I don't disagree with him, but I would just maybe say it differently and elaborate because I I think ultimately it's more anti-Christian, and it's using politics as the vehicle. He continues, uh, its reconstruction of personal identity is meant to advance a collective political reconstruction of transformation. Now that's true. It is. Um, but in but in in doing so, it's actually meant to destroy Christianity. Ultimately, uh, he continues. Some trans activists even view their movement as the future of Marxism. Okay, and this is where they're using the political vehicle as a tool. They're using Marxism as you know a, a, a way to move move forward their anti-Christian agenda, if I can say it that way. In a collection of essays titled Transgender Marxism, activist writer Rosa Lee argues that trans people can serve as the new vanguard of the proletariat, promising to abol abolish heteronormativity in the same way that orthodox Marxism promised to abolish capitalism. Okay, and, and that's that's true. That's all absolutely true. So Marxism 
is really at the heart of this in terms of of how they're moving this forward. But, but you know, what's Marxism? M- Marxism is anti-God. It's, um, you know, it's one of its first tenets. There, there can't be a God. Uh, it's, it's atheistic in, in nature. You know, so really, you know, while Marxism is a, it's a political movement, ultimately it's an anti-God movement. Why do they hate God so much? Why do they hate God? Well, you know who else hates God? Yeah. Mm -hmm. All right. Marxists spoke of the construction of a new socialistic man as a crucial task in the broader process of socialist construction. Today, in a time of both rising fascism and an an emergent socialist movement, our challenge is transsexualizing our Marxism. Ooh, that's a tongue twister. Transsexualizing our Marxism. We should think of the project of transition to communism in our time. Communism as including the transition to new communist selves, new ways of being and relating to one another. This is the great project of the transgender movement. All right, so now we're getting into its actual purpose. Looks like it's uh, threefold. Number one, to abolish the distinctions of man and and woman. Let's get rid of it. we got to abolish the distinctions. And this is why we have a Supreme Court justice who says, I I can't define what a woman is. I don't I mean, who knows? Really? Who knows what a woman is? I mean, there's no distinction. Men can have babies, right? Because if a woman feels like she's a man, then she can have a baby. Uh, And, you know, men can have uteruses. Um, uh, So, yeah, they want to abolish the distinction of man and woman. That's number one. Number two, to transcend the limitations established by God and nature. Well, what are the limitations established by God and nature? They are, guess what? Uh, If you have two X chromosomes, then, you know, you're limited in the sense that you're the only one who can give birth. If you have an XY, you're limited in the sense you can't give birth. Well, we need to transcend those limitations. We need to get beyond those limitations. And the way we do that is to abolish the distinctions between man and woman. Uh, The way we do that is just to remove the factual foundational undergirdings of life itself. And let's start all over in an upside down world based on lies. Let's do that. That'll be great. Transcend the limitations established by God and nature. That was number two. Okay, number three to connect the personal struggle of trans individuals to the political struggle to transform society in a radical way. All right. So the first two are anti-God. They're religious. The third is the political movement because we need to transform this society. Because if we transform society, then we can get rid of God. And ultimately, this has been the goal from the beginning to transform society to get rid of God. Because if we can get God out of the picture, then, um, you know, we can take control. The second we, the second we lose God, oh, man, 
here we go, kids. I mean, we're in charge now, right? We can get rid of the big guy in the sky, and then we're just going to, uh-huh. So that's the, the and that's just his, his intro, and that's the foundational point of, of where we are in this movement. And that's why we have, you know, these people at the Academy of Pediatrics that have made it their their mission, their life's work, their purpose to be so aggressive in turning, you know, little boys into girls and little girls into boys. And, you know, this is why we have teachers in public schools that are so aggressive about this, that um, administrators in public schools that are so aggressive about training teachers to use the gender unicorn. And get kids thinking, you know what, mm, you might not be this or that or the other. Um, you might be one of 237,000 genders. Yeah, I know. It's just crazy. All those genders out there, who knows which one you are. And it's rooted in confusion. But who is not the author of confusion? Yeah, it's God. God is not the author of confusion. He's the author of order. Um you know, you can't create this world and not be the author of order. And uh, I'm just going to, all right, I'm going to, Cindy always says to me, were you nice today? <laughs> I didn't get to hear the show. Were you nice today? Were you, um, you know, my my occasional guest host, she hasn't been with me for, for a bit. I got to get her back in studio. <laughs> I need to, uh, so I can be, you know, nice. So I can be maybe more nice. The article continues, and this is where historically it gets interesting. What this this portion I'm going to dive into, and uh, the clock we're already ticking away. Mm, I don't know, we're already running out of time. So this, oh hi, where I apologize for not really being able to, uh, you know, get through all of this, but uh, yeah, it's just how it is, kids. But I do want to get into some of this this history here, so I'm going to dive into it. Uh, the trans movement was hatched then on the fringes of American academia. All right. You know, we get that. But how did it move so quickly to the center of American public life? Many, like many other things, it began with a flood of cash. As some of the wealthiest people in the country began devoting enormous sums of money to promote transgenderism. All right. It gets interesting here. One of these people is Jennifer Pritzker who was born James Pritzker in 1950. Yes, James is a man. He wants to be known as Jennifer because James wants to be a girl. After serving several years in the U.S. Army, Pritzker went into business, having inherited a sizable part of the Hyatt Hotel fortune. In 2013, he announced a male-to-female gender transition and was celebrated in the press as, quote, the first trans billionaire. Almost immediately, he began donating untold millions to universities, schools, hospitals, and activist organizations to promote queer theory and trans medical experiments. Hmm, experimentation. That, that's what this is. It's all experimentation. It's Dr. Frankenstein relived, kids. This money, I'll continue. This money was allied with political power as Pritzker's cousin, 
Illinois Democrat Governor J.B. Pritzker signed legislation in 2019, his first year in office, to inject gender theory into the state education curriculum and to direct state medical funds toward transgender surgeries. Huh. Well, 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 well. What have we here? We have the Pritzker family dynasty being a part of this entire movement. You've got the money on one hand, and you've got the political cachet on the other. I mean, you've got the governor of a state signing legislation. The second he gets into office, the very the very year J.B. Pritzker gets into office, he signs legislation injecting this gender theory into the state education curriculum. We've got, we've got to start teaching this to our kids. We have to start. Um, we, we got to start. We got to get them young. Uh, you know, my cousin James. I, I, I mean, Jennifer. You know, has got the money, and 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 he. Uh, I mean, she. She wants us to 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 get them young. We got to get these kids young. And this is what uh, this is what it's all about. All right, kids. I uh, I need to stop there because we're running out of time. And if I just kept going, well, we're not going to get it done in the next thirty seconds. There is hope on the horizon, though, and part of the hope is shining the light of truth on where we are and how we got here, and and then the hope follows. I believe in hope. You know I do. All right, uh, we will move forward in that hope. Thank you for joining me today. I appreciate your listening. Encourage your friends and family to get on the Dean's List. Let's unite to renovate the age. 